Hello and welcome to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. This podcast will be focusing on compost byproducts as an alternative bedding for cattle. Sarah Balfour visited Keenan Recycling in Aberdeenshire to learn more. As we approach the time of year when farmers may be considering an alternative bedding with winter housing on the horizon, today we've travelled to Keenan Recycling based in Aberdeenshire to discuss the use of green compost as an alternative bedding. I've been joined today by Phil. If you'd like to introduce yourself, Phil. Hi, my name's Phil Smith. I work uh, as an agronomist with Robertson Crop Services and I help Keenan's to advise and sell the product to customers. And also with Gregor. Hi there, my name's Gregor Keenan. I'm the Operations Director at Keenan Recycling. I'm tasked with managing the operation and compliance on site. I think first of all we should start by asking the question of what is your product as it was referred to as a waste previously which may have been a concern or a slight red light for farmers. Would you like to explain uh, what your, your product is? Uh, well essentially whenever anyone uses a product um, afterwards when they're finished with it the intent to discard really makes it considered a waste. Um, what we're looking at here is garden prunings, grass, clippings things that people have taken from their garden and then intended to discard. Now, the Scottish Environment Protection Agency has set benchmarks for end of waste. We take this material, we meet this benchmark, and at that point it's then categorised as a, a product and fit for purpose. So what is green compost essentially as a bedding? What is the material? So it's a completely organic material. It's sourced from... Uh, garden materials that have been discarded mainly by householders, so it's uh, grass clippings, prunings, uh, woody material. We shred that down, we put it through a uh, quite an intensive composting process where we turn it, we optimise the conditions, microbes break down the material and stabilise that. And what you're left with at the end is a kind of rich humus, which originally would have been used as a soil improver, but latterly in the, the last few years we've been aware of people using it for bedding. And uh, in winter 2018, when we were aware that there was a, a possible crisis looming with straw availability, um, both the Scottish Government, uh, Quality Meat Scotland, ourselves and SEPA looked at the alternatives for bedding and compost came up. In terms of um, contaminants, that's a concern for, for farmers who decide to use uh, an alternative, especially for using a wood-based alternative. Is there a risk of contaminants? With any recycled product, you always have to look at the quality of the feedstock coming in. Uh, we are quite fortunate in Scotland that there's quite good infrastructure for receiving this material at the recycling centres where they're manned. Uh, it's very clear signage. And generally, householders that have gone to the bother of taking their garden materials to these recycling centres want to do the right thing. They don't want to have contaminants in there, so... They're, they're very good at that. We also inspect it thoroughly and then through the process we have a, a level that we have to meet uh, and with regard to physical contaminants. Not only to meet our specification but in Scotland the actual level has been halved so we've got double the work to do there to, to meet that and uh, we, we're confident that we can keep contaminants out of this. Um, you mentioned that the product now is no longer a waste. Um, it's a product as such. What uh, licensing is involved for farmers who, who want to spread this back on their land? 
So essentially, they don't have to have any further reference to SEPA because it is regarded as a product. And really what we're looking at beyond that is just simply good, uh, good practice when they spread it, the volumes that they put down, and making sure that it's appropriate for what the crop needs. Uh, potential benefits of using the compost uh, are the high organic matter, uh, which can be used as a soil improver. Phil, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of experience with customers who buy the product specifically to use it as a soil conditioner. Uh, we can use it on light land to retain moisture by increasing organic matter. We can use it on heavy land to try and open up clays. So with the opportunity there for bedding that's presented itself, you actually still have those properties carried through. So you're still buying a soil enhancer. You're still buying uh, an NPK fertiliser. You're actually getting the use of it as a bedding before you then take it to the land. Um, it's, it's really quite highly absorbent and a lot of farmers commented that hard used it last winter of how much time it freed up within their day. Instead of rolling out bales of straw three, four, five days a week in the morning, um, they would put in the compost about eight inches deep and that would be the cattle bedded for three, four, five weeks. And all that time that was freed up and all the diesel that wasn't bumped in those mornings is a saving to them and they could do other things with their time um, and get on top of other jobs more efficiently. So it, it really was surprisingly good at not only saving the money but they were putting a, a better product back onto the land as well. For farmers who are considering using this product, not only are they getting the use of, of bedding essentially, uh, but they then have the, the option uh, to spread this back onto their land to improve their soil and it to be used as a fertiliser, which could reduce their fertiliser costs. Uh, can you just talk through the analysis of the NP and K of the product? Yes, the, the green compost um, figures that we have in our, in our data sheet show that the, the nitrogen and the phosphorus and the potassium levels are around about the 8.5 of N. Uh, 3 kilos of P and 6 kilos of K per tonne fresh weight. Um, the interesting thing is that when you use it as a cattle bedding, um, everyone knows that farmyard manure has got a good source of nitrogen and, and a good source of potash, so you're actually turbocharging the product. Uh, you'll increase the amount of available nitrogen in it uh, and you'll incrementally increase the P and the K the compost itself, all the nitrogen in it is in organic form, so it's slow in phase release um, and it's uh, resilient to leaching because it's not in a, in a mobile form. It's, it's quite a good product to be applying in the winter months because it's probably uh, less leachable and less mobile. One concern possibly uh, from arable farmers who have cattle maybe the risk of weeds and weed seeds as the products derived from garden waste. What would you say about this? The test that's done in order to move it from a waste to a product is PAS 100. Um, it's an industry approved standardised procedure and a percentage of the tonnage that's processed on the site on a regular basis has to go away to the lab and be independently assessed. Uh, one of those tests is 
to check and see that the, the compost can hold and grow a material. Um, and I think it's tomato plants that's used for that because they're a little bit fickle for, for getting to grow. The, the other thing that's tested and looked at at the time it is performed in the lab is that nothing else grows in the medium other than the plants that's been planted. So it's a very good test to show that the product is inert. It's fully composted and you're basically receiving an organic, uh, friable product that has an NPK analysis, but it doesn't come with any hidden extras. Because you rely on garden waste, does this uh, you know, have a negative impact on consistency? Does it vary from uh, you know, batch to batch or is it, as a general rule, quite consistent? Uh, because we do it on such a large scale, uh, it's a very homogenised feedstock, so somebody might have a lot of grass clippings, somebody might have a lot of prunings, but when you put that into a window that's perhaps a thousand tonnes, any of these small variations are, um, are levelled out. The PAS 100 is not just the analysis of the product, it's also the regime in which it's processed, so there's very... Uh, strictly controlled points, we call them critical control points, where we measure and monitor certain parameters. So uh, if we look at the, um, the, the weed seeds, uh, we turn the material, the microbes bring the material up to in excess of 65 degrees, and that, that temperature lasts for several weeks. This sanitizes the material, it kills any weed seeds. Uh, and we have to demonstrate that, monitor it and record it, and we're audited annually to make sure that uh, the regime as it's set out is followed on site, so everything should be consistent and you can look at the um, quality uh, of the lab analysis over time and see that the averages are very consistent indeed. In terms of its use as cattle bedding, you know, how does it perform in terms of cleanliness, health and welfare for the cattle that are bedded on the material? Yeah, it's, it's a strange one because your first impressions are you're delivering a product that's dark in colour and looks like the product you're about to be taking out of the shed, not putting into the shed. The, we, we obviously, as, as Gregor said, we get them uh, lab test results done on a, on a very frequent basis in order to keep it in PAS 100 um, form. One of those results is dry matter and um, in the summer months we are around about 70% dry matter which gives it a huge ability to absorb moisture um, and what we tend to do with the guys that are, are looking to use it for winter bedding is we advise them to try and receive product July, August, September ahead of the housing period to put it into the courts if they have them available and spread it out and let it lose even more moisture which makes the first batch that they receive and the first batch that they actually put the cattle on in October or whenever they come back in last even longer. In some cases it can run through to Christmas because it's, it's so dry, it's still going through its composting process, it still generates a bit of heat, so it actually dries itself out sitting waiting. Is it dust free? It is actually. It's, it's, you'd be hard pushed to create any dust from using it. The fractions aren't small enough to be, to be dust themselves, but they're, they're small enough to actually provide a, a soft bedding environment. Guys that had it last winter also commented on how it wasn't really adherent either. Um, because it's not being top-dressed and layered with clean material, 
uh, over the, the time that it's in the court, you would assume that the dung would start to stick to the animals and the compost would stick to the dung and you'd end up with a mess. They were clean as a whistle. It, it's, it didn't react, or it doesn't react, the way that your brain would tell it should. But once you've tried it, um, you can see that it actually, it, it, it can't stand on it pretty clean. So would I be right in thinking that the compost material uh, is very similar to peat? Yeah, the, the, the first farmers we had that um, were interested in using the green compost as bedding had previous experience of using peat. It's not as available now and, and possibly not uh, available in tons or financially. Um, but they gave us the insight as to how to start trying to to use it and the advice we got from them as previous users was about 8 to 10 inch deep in the court and and just put your livestock on. Uh, the length of time that it would stand up and, and keep them on uh, will obviously depend on stocking densities and size of cattle and type of diet they're on. Um, but generally speaking you were looking for about four, four weeks and it was an all in all out uh, scenario. So you put your compost in, you, you, you put your cattle on and you maybe keep a few tons spare so that you could top dress any high traffic areas um, where, they, where they're being fed, where they're getting water, where it might actually get a little bit wet and poached. You have a, a couple of buckets spare and you'll top dress them maybe part of the way through the period. And then once it's saturated, you take it all out and you put another batch in. Was, was the methodology that was used um, to, to good effect. One or two people put it in slightly shallower and because they were so akin to using straw, they maybe got three weeks out of it and then they started to layer straw on top. So the compost below acted as a sponge and actually made more, you could say it tried to elongate the lifespan of the straw because it was such a premium last winter as well that they, they used the compost at the bottom as the sponge to try and make the straw last a bit longer. What about storage? How would farmers store this on site before it's before it's used as a bedding before it's put in the court? Well, the, one of the one of the advantages to the product is because uh, we are manufacturing uh, the compost pretty much all year round. Uh, they could work it on a just in time basis uh, as long as they had planned it with us and we knew roughly what tonnage they needed and when, we would work out a system whereby if that cattle court was empty tomorrow, they would receive product tomorrow. One or two other people preferred to just say this, we want 100 tonnes a month and they came and collected it and they had a, a space in their yard where they just stockpiled it and they worked it you know, closer to home. But the bulk of the customers received it basically the day the court was empty so they could put it straight inside and, and the cattle back on. Do you have any feedback from farmers that you, you know that you can you can give us or you can tell us about? All, all of the comments that, that I'm making and we're making are basically farmer feedback. The the comments about time saving, fuel saving, um, and the cleanliness and the, and the environment that they were in is is all comments. We we obviously don't have our own livestock. The only information we can get from the customers. And are more farmers choosing to use the product? Is it gaining in popularity in the area? Yes, it was. It, it, in, the, in the winter months, uh, word of mouth and uh, na- neighbours uh, wondering what other neighbours were doing was 
the best way of uh, our contacts coming to us. We didn't actually go out there and, and promote it, we didn't advertise it, but we were picking up new customers every other week. So for any farmers listening to this that are considering using your product, how do they get in touch with you and what's the best way to get hold of the product? Well, the best way to get in touch with us is obviously to, to go onto the internet and uh, search for Keenan Recycling and you'll find the website and there'll be a, there'll be a generic contact number there. And if you, if you say you want to speak to somebody about compost, you'll probably end up speaking to either myself or Gregor as, a, as the next point of contact. Gregor, do you have any other comments you want to make about your product? Um, I think with uh, all products that are used on farms nowadays, most farms are quality assured. Um, you should always check with your quality assurance schemes to see if they have any additional requirements over and above the, the general requirements. Um, quality Meat Scotland released um, an addendum to their standard last winter to include the use of green compost as a bedding. So farmers who are assured with Quality Meat Scotland can have a look through that, see what the extra requirements are and whether they get it from us or whether they source it from elsewhere in Scotland, they should always make sure that they can meet those requirements. Thank you very much, Phil and Gregor, for your time. Uh, I'm sure farmers will find uh, the podcast very interesting, especially as we approach uh, the winter housing period. Is there any last comments you'd like to make? Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a novel product in the sense it's been used as a bedding. Originally, it's a fertiliser and a soil conditioner, so if you're buying it for one job and getting two out of it, it has to be good value for money. And we're, we're here to discuss for anyone, at any time, any queries you've got. I echo Phil's sentiments, and I think as Scotland moves towards being, being a zero-waste society, looking at the circular economy, it's fantastic to see that you can take what something that people have discarded and give it another life again and as Phil says double the hit with this kind of application so it's a a very good example of the circular economy at work. Really just to say that there are these alternatives on on the market but they work for solely on a farm to farm basis and before considering any alternatives you you just need to investigate all your options thoroughly. Uh, Pick the alternative that works best for your system and your cattle. Thank you for listening to this Farm Advisory Service podcast. For more information on alternative bedding materials, please visit the Farm Advisory Service website or call the Farm Advisory Service helpline. Thanks for listening.